All across America and around the world, this is Veterans Radio. This is Veterans Radio. And now, your host for today's program, Dale Throneberry. And welcome to Veterans Radio. My name is Dale Throneberry, a CW2 helicopter pilot in Vietnam, 1969. Welcome. If you hear any noises in the background, that's because we're at the U.S. Hockey Arena in Plymouth, Michigan today at Military Appreciation Weekend. And it's been such a great opportunity to meet with all these different veterans organizations. And we're going to be trying to have people in to uh, talk with us during the next hour. And it's it's fantastic, but there's a lot of noise out there. So if somebody scores, you're going to hear yay, cheering, and so on and so forth. And I want to make sure that we thank um, the people here at, at, at the U.S. Hockey Arena. It's really great for them to invite us to participate. And what an opportunity for us to meet with these different organizations. And throughout the program, we're going to hopefully have representatives from some of these groups that are here. There's all kinds of tables and so forth. And if you're probably a little too late, but if you're in the uh, Plymouth area, you can still come up Beck Road and probably get in the, in the, uh, in the arena. And it looks like some pretty good hockey going on out there. But I want to make sure that we thank our sponsors because we couldn't do any of this programming without our sponsors. And that includes Legal Help for Veterans. Uh, Legal Help for Veterans, of course, is a disability specialist out there. And if you're having issues with the uh, VA disability program, Legal Help for Veterans is an organization that can help you out. You can give them a call at 800-693-4800, or you can visit their website. That's veterans or legalhelpforveterans.com. NVBDC, better known as the National Veteran Business Development Council, is um, one of our sponsors. And this is uh, certifies your veteran-owned business. If you want to do business with the federal government or with many corporations, uh, it's very uh, important for you to become certified. And these are the guys that can do it for you. So that's nvbdc.org, or their phone is 888-237-8434, The Lieutenant Colonel Charles S. Kettles Ann Arbor Healthcare System is one of our sponsors, and we appreciate what they do for us as we uh, tell the world out there that we think that our uh, VA hospital in Ann Arbor is one of the finest in the country, and uh, we appreciate their support. And also uh, American Legion Post 46 in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Thank you guys uh, with the, uh, out there at Post 46 in Ann Arbor. We appreciate your support. You can also follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram. What else am I missing here? <laughs> I don't think YouTube, LinkedIn, everything, it seems like, um, as you know, Veterans Radio has been broadcasting for almost 19 years now. That's 962 programs. I think I counted the other day and almost all of them are in our archives. So you can go listen to them in our archives or you can listen to um, our podcast at Blog Talk Radio or any really one of the carriers out there. Just type in Veterans Radio and it'll pop up and you'll be able to listen to us. So I think that takes care of that. All right. My first guest, as you know, we ran around the uh, Coliseum here or the arena and we grabbed people as we were walking in today. And my first guest is Robert Neer. And Robert is the deputy director of the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency here in Michigan. Uh, Robert, welcome to Veterans Radio. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dale. It's a real pleasure to meet you. And so tell me about this organization. What is it you do? Yeah, the Michigan Veteran Affairs Agency is the state chartered um, organization 
specifically mandated uh, with the executive branch. It is uh, the central coordinating agency for the whole state of Michigan, the Veteran Affairs. We uh, liaise and we help administer all the dollars for all the veteran service officers out in the field um, with counties uh, as the legislators um, put some money aside to have um, each county independently supported with veteran service officers, as well as the coalition, which is made up of American Legion, VFW, Vietnam Veterans of America, and uh, VVA, or I'm sorry, DAV, <coughs> Disabled mm-hmm. American Veterans. And what we do is we provide uh, those dollars to help support them through grant funding. And we also mm-hmm. um, have a call center, 1-800-MICHVET, and that call center is, uh, it is a central coordinating agency. Any veteran that calls in with anything from an indigent need, emergent need, all the way through to I'd like to donate to so-and-so program, and I would like to um, start a new program. And we uh, support anybody across any of those initiatives. Um, As long as you're a veteran or a a veteran family member, a military family member, we'll support you. All right. Well, what's your background in military? Yeah, thanks. Yeah. So I'm an Army vet. Uh, I served in Iraq from 06 to 08 during the second surge. Um, came back and I was one of those top loss soldiers uh, sent over to Afghanistan, helped support OEF. Um, yep, came back after five years military and uh, reintegrated back into the civilian world and uh, had a bit of a transition. It was it was interesting. So uh, <laughs> all of our transitions yeah. have been interesting. It seems like it sure is. Yeah. So how did you get involved with the uh, Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency? You know, out of passion, I actually live two hours from Lansing, so um, making the commute there four hours a day. It's 100% for passion. I want to support the people that supported me and continue to support um, our veterans. I also uh, i am very appreciative of good veteran programming. Um, you know, you, you just want to help support in any way that you can, and that's that's why we do what we do. And um, the legislators and the executive branch have come together to support us uh, as veterans, and someone's got to oversee those dollars to go out and make sure it's ethically being spent. So here we are. I like that comment, the idea of ethically spending the money. That's yeah. <laughs> something that seems to be missing sometimes when we talk about, never mind, Dale, don't do that. Um, moving right along. Um, so are, are you kind of the overall of all the different county service officers? Is that so what I understood? We don't have any authority over any of the counties. Right. So we are just a central coordinating agency to help support them and their independent association as well as the counties. So any support that they need, um, if they are looking for new initiatives or would like to do something different, they can contact us. Um, normally they do, and we help support them or they go out and do, do it independently. So it's, uh, it's both ways. We're just, we're just that agency to help support mm-hmm. them if they do want to complete something new or um, service veterans in a different way. So we help with marketing campaigns. We partner with marketing and um, we do all kinds of stuff for all the different counties across the state. Well, I think that's, that's really great. And I, I am, well, you know, we just mentioned a whole bunch of sponsors for Veterans Radio, so we might have to be talking to you about that as we go along here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Can, see if we can work something out <clears throat> with that. Um, so wh- where do you see this agency going in the next year or so? So our focus is uh, primarily on addressing the the current or forecasting for the new challenges that are facing the veteran population. We, we do know some things with certainty, and we, we create what's called a five-year strategic plan, um, we actually go all the way out 30 years because we want to have some sort of continuity mm-hmm. um, between the administration changes. And we support uh, every single initiative that you can possibly think of. Everything from veteran homelessness uh, in changing the narratives um, and supporting veteran uh, suicidality. And then that's a huge challenge right now. We have the governor's suicide challenge going on that was sponsored under the Trump administration and it's continued. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there's uh, working one-on-one with the Visions to address any of the challenges that they have inside of the, the larger VA healthcare system. Um, there's also pushing for a cemetery feasibility study in the state of Michigan. There's uh, as we're one of the only states in the union that doesn't have uh, a state cemetery for veterans. And, you know, half of our population uh, in, in Michigan is uh, over the age of 65 years old. And you're talking the veterans population, correct? Right? the veterans yeah. population, correct. And, and uh, you know, we want to make sure that we're supporting them in the proper way as they, you know, transition into the next stage. Um, <laughs> yeah. And their families, you know, respectfully. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's just a lot of initiatives working here that we're going through. Um, but our primary charter is uh, supporting every veteran that calls in. And that's through that call center number. And that's 1-800-MICHVET. That's 1-800-642-4838. Um, and, and you can call about anything. Um, doesn't matter what it is. You just call our call center. Our technicians are all veterans or family members of veterans. They're there to support you. Okay. And you have a website I'm, I'm assuming that we can go to? Yep. It's uh, michigan.gov forward slash MVAA. MVAA. Correct. All right. So we've been talking with Robert Neer here, the, Mich- the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. He's the deputy director of that. He's an Army veteran. Go Army, which is always good. And I appreciate you very much for coming on to the program. No problem. Especially driving all the way down here. Oh, yeah, it was wonderful. It's a great, isn't it? With all this hockey out there, it looks like they're doing a rush on the goal right now. Yeah, I hear hear that five of them are already committed uh, to to the draft. So it's pretty impressive program out here. So this is, yeah, it's great. Thank you very much, Robert. Yeah, thank you, Dale. And please, um, if you get an opportunity, grab whatever you want over there, except for that backpack. Thanks, Dale. Have a wonderful day. I will. Thank you. Yep. Bye. All right. Well, we're just having a swell time in here. And we've got, oh, Eric, come on in. We've got Eric Fretz here is one of the sponsors as well. And uh, uh, just joining me right now is Eric. If you want to just sit down right there and hold that mic in your hand. Okay. We can do that. And then if Kate, I have Kate Melcher here from uh, Fisher House along with Kat. Her dog? Yep. All right. Let me put this up so it actually can hear you. There we go. <laughs> I get to do a lot of things today. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Okay. You there? I'm here. Okay. We are here. So, Eric. Yes. This is Eric Fretz, who you've heard here on Veterans Radio before with a couple of programs. He's one of our contributors. Enjoy hosting. Yes, indeed. Yeah, it is fun. And we've also got, he is one of the sponsors today of this whole event here at the US, uh, USA Hockey Arena Indeed. with VCAT 9. So if you could tell our audience who VCAT 9 is and what you guys do. Awesome. Yeah, VCAT 9 is Veterans Community Action Team for Region 9. And these are uh, statewide, uh, essentially volunteer structures that were established under Governor Snyder about six years ago. There's one in each of the 10 prosperity zones across Michigan. So VCAT 9 encompasses uh, six counties around Washtenaw, Washtenaw and five surrounding counties. Um, and we're essentially tasked to gather volunteers who are interested in improving the connections between other veterans serving agencies. So we are an agency, we have a group that has really no other purpose than to enhance the effectiveness of these other groups by making okay. sure they know of each other and making sure they know all the things that they can do. And we're emphasizing things called like no wrong door and warm handoffs. So for example, if someone comes to you and you're a housing charity, you're helping a veteran with a housing charity, but there's also a substance abuse problem, but you don't handle that, mm-hmm. but you know somebody through VCAT who does, and you can sort of do this coordinated thing and hand them off to someone who can help them with 
all of the difficulties that they might be facing. So that's a big thing. And then as you see with this event, the next part is because we're kind of larger and have a bigger reach. Um, and I've also put a 501c3 charity underneath the actual veteran structure. We could do these sorts of events where we can partner with fantastic organizations like USA Hockey, who have this wonderful um, focus on serving the community and, and serving veterans. And so we'll work with them to set up an event like this that's a big draw. So right. you know, veterans serving charities and veteran serving organizations they want to get in front of veterans. They they can do good things for veterans, but they got to have veterans in front of them to figure out right, what's wrong yes. and help them. And so, what's better than a place that brings a thousand veterans to one spot so they can all walk by that table that has service dogs or mm-hmm. uh, bullets for bricks? You know, which is a great uh, charity that's here with a young man who focuses on um, a building with Legos. It's sort of a therapeutic thing okay. outside right now. Um, <laughs> And so, you know, who's ever going to know about him? And now thousands of people know. Right, yeah. And he can, you know, get connected with people who might be interested and increase the size of his club or whatever. So VCAT has these larger events several times a year um, specifically to enhance the effectiveness of all of our partners that we work with. So, well, I think that's great. I want to thank you for inviting us to come to this happy to have uh, event. It was really, it's been cool so far. This, I, I, you know, there are just veterans everywhere. It, it feels very safe here. You know, Dale, I heard you, I heard you say, where was this 50 years ago? I did. Yes. Just, you know? just once. <laughs> it's once. I love that it's here now. I'm sorry. It wasn't here when you guys came back from Vietnam, but it's, yeah. it's great to see this kind of veteran fellowship and access to all of these resources that you wouldn't necessarily know about. Otherwise it's a, it's a great community event. It is. It is. And um, I'm going to ask Eric to stick around, but I, I want to introduce um Kate Melcher here. Kate is the executive director of Fisher House Michigan now, I think is what the name is, because you've already succeeded in getting the Fisher House built in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and now we're working on Detroit. So tell me what's what's going on with that fundraising idea. Absolutely. Well, Michiganders really love their veterans, and we can tell by how successful the VA Ann Arbor Fisher House has been. It opened in June of 2020, and it's become one of the busiest Fisher Houses in the entire VA system. Since June of 2020, that house has served almost 2,500 families, which is just nuts. You know, it's been open about 18 months, 2,500 families. The Dayton VA Fisher House opened 36 months ago, and they just celebrated their 1,000th family. So Ann Arbor's been open half as long and served more than twice as many families, and that's a testament to your listeners that are that are telling veterans that a Fisher House exists for right. for their loved ones to come and stay with them when they're when they're hospitalized. Um, it's a testament to folks who have donated to make that house possible, not only for the construction but to continue supporting the families when they're there. You know the the analogy that we often use is that it's like a Ronald McDonald House for military and veteran families. Um, you know we're not affiliated with with Ronald McDonald House, but but people people make the connection sure. um, when when that analogy is used. So we care for the caregivers. You know if a veteran has to be hospitalized and the family needs to travel to be with them, we're going to house them free of charge. We're going to make sure that the refrigerator is stocked and that there are catered meals available for them. The families that come in an emergency. We give them a go bag. We make sure that, that they've got clothes to change into and, and toiletries and just whatever they need to focus on themselves as they're focusing on their wounded, ill, or injured loved one. So that's what's happening in Ann Arbor. Detroit is next. Um, our mission is statewide, and our goal is to raise $20 million. We've raised more than 10 so far that helped us open and, and operate Ann Arbor, um, but another $10 million will, will help us build in Detroit. So we're really looking forward 
to when that happens. Well, it will happen because because we're going to give out the website where people can make donations, right? That's right. They can visit (laughs) fisherhousemichigan.org and click that donate button. Uh, They can call us at 313-483-6543. We're happy to talk to folks about however they want to give their heart, whether it's cash or an in-kind gift. Um, We're we're happy to make arrangements for, for however they want to support Fisher House and the families that are staying inside. Oh, I just think it's awesome. And I, and I know that you, there are so many organizations probably here today that have donated to Fisher House. And I know that all of the veteran service organizations within at least our immediate area, um, I, I would suggest that you follow Fisher House on Facebook because you get to see people standing with these big giant checks, <laughs> which is cool. And, um, and each one helps. And I know that Absolutely. there are food drives. I know that there are supply drives mm-hmm. and there are all kinds of things going on with Fisher House. And, yep. um, I can't tell you how much we appreciate the work that, that you have done in helping to raise the money for this, these organizations. And have you ever, have you thought about any Fisher House further north or something? Cause there's still a long drive for those folks up there. There is still a long drive for those folks. Um, the, the medical center in Michigan that has expressed interest is Iron Mountain. So way up in the UP, um, the Iron Mountain VA Medical Center has the distinction of being the most rural VA hospital in the entire nation. So everybody that's going there has got to travel. And especially in the winter, that commute can be extra long. Um, So I hope that the next time the VA has an open season and and calls for applications for a Fisher House, I hope that, that Iron Mountain is competitive um, if they are, if they are selected to be a Fisher House location, Fisher House Michigan will be there to support. We'll be there to raise capital to build that house and to help with operations once it's open. Yeah. It'll be the first one to have its own snowmobiles. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes, we had donors help us get a golf cart for the Fisher yeah. House in Ann Arbor to, to help family members travel back and forth between the house and the hospital. And uh, yeah, we might have to put some some tracks on it <laughs> if there's a Fisher House in the UP. But, you know, it, it takes a village to build a Fisher House. So we appreciate seeing all of our friends here that, that have been so supportive. And, and we also know that it takes an even greater village to support each of the veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, Fisher House is, is just one slice of, of the pie. Um, VCAT 9 does a great job in creating community around all those resource providers. So we know who each other are and, and how to lift up the veterans in our community. So we, uh, you know, we encourage veterans to reach out and learn more about these organizations. And we couldn't do this all ourselves. Vets take care of vets, but we do need the whole community to, to step up and to, you know, really pay tribute to what Zach Fisher would call our greatest national treasure, which is our men and women in uniform. I, I just think it's incredible with what, what you do and what you do as well, Eric, with the VCAT 9 and everybody supporting everybody. And that's our job here at Veterans Radio is to get the word out to everybody so that, you know, you're not, you know, because we still run into veterans that don't know these things exist. Right. And so that's our job. Let's keep keep on plugging along and, and, and activities like this. And you have some other events coming up this year or what's we what's do. tentatively planned? I guess I could I could offer I can't offer any dates. I could just offer sort of a, the teaser trailer, right? Okay. Of, of the movie that might get made, yeah. right? <laughs> um, so you know we've had a long tradition of VCAT Nine. We we kicked off the first Vet Fest about five six years ago, um, and that has 
continue to happen. Um, we've actually uh, sort of spooled that out in Livingston to our friend uh, Josh Parrish with Vet Life. He does uh, the Vet Fest up in Livingston. Um, we're going to try to do our first Vet Fest in Washington. We're working on a partnership with our friends at Washington Community College. Oh, I know so those guys. If we can, <laughs> if we can do that, uh, that'll be sometime probably July or August. They just came out of their COVID sort of lockdown. They're they're back to in person. Their mask protocols will be relaxing, and they have a very nice open area and some expansive parking lot areas that would be ideal for this. Mm-hmm. And it's very close to the highways, and so it's just a great spot. It also happens to be two miles from my house. That may or may not be influencing my decisions. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it should be wonderful. And um, so if we can do that, it'll be a, a medium size. It won't, won't be as big mm-hmm. as the one in Livingston County, but we'll get that started. We're also looking at doing an entrepreneurship and employment expo also at WCC um, okay. that would be focused on veterans, employment and entrepreneurship, um, integrating that with some entrepreneurial content and even some a pitch contest and even some developmental stuff where we'll invite some teams uh, that are either entirely veterans or led by veterans to go through an entrepreneurial sort of boot camp led by me based on the program that I teach at the University of Michigan in the entrepreneurship uh, minor. So that should also be really great. We have a you know wonderful entrepreneurship center there at WCC run by Kristen Gapsky. And of course, I'm just was working out of the Veterans Center. I was just talking with um, Carol Osborne, who's uh, um, the leader there at the Vet Center. So these are all great partnerships and could yield some really fun stuff. We don't have everything nailed down, but we're working hard to put stuff together and get it back in the air after COVID. So I think, I think that's terrific. I mean, so many people want to get out mm-hmm. and, you know, they've, they've been locked in their, you know, their basement bunkers for two years <laughs> and <laughs> doing everything on zoom, like we're doing right now. Yep. But um, yeah, well, I'm so happy that we were able to come out here live today. It's so exciting to me. Absolutely. Yeah. And Dale, I'm happy to tell you that for your listeners who have been to Fisher House Michigan stories of service over the last several years, you know, we haven't been able to produce it the last couple of years. Um, this year, we're going to bring back a version of it where we'll still have some veteran storytelling, but it's going to be a gala event at the Gross Point Yacht Club. Oh, so mark your calendars for September 10th and, you know, September 10th. All right. Yes. On the calendar. Yes. And that'll uh, be great. So we have that yacht club. We have the Huron River Yacht Club. Uh, <laughs> You'd think we were all a bunch of Navy guys, but that's just Dr. Pratt's today. <laughs> I know. I know. No, we got another one over there. Oh, that's right. Larry's Navy as well. How could we forget the CBs? <laughs> so anyway, thank you both very much for being on the program. Um, I, it's, it's Again, this is just a great event that you've put on. And we're excited that we were able to participate and to meet all these different organizations. And Kate, thank you very much as usual for being on the program. And uh, we'll go down and track out, track down some other organizations as they come in. So thank you very much. All right. Thanks. All right. I'm going to talk back to the studio here and we're going to take a real quick break. And oh, hello. And um, get ready for our next guest. So we're going to take a break right now. You're listening to Veterans Radio. We'll be right back after our Medal of Honor segment. The Medal of Honor is the highest award for valor in combat given a member of the Armed Forces of the United States. There have been over 3,400 recipients of the nation's highest award. This is one of them. Private Dale Hansen killed 12 Japanese soldiers in a one-man attack on their positions. Details after this. If you have a VA claim denied by the Board of Veterans' Appeals, contact Legal Help for Veterans at 1-800-693-4800. 
They're experts in handling cases before the U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims. Their number again, 1-800-693-4800. Hansen unhesitatingly took the initiative during a critical stage of the action and armed with a rocket launcher, crawled to an exposed position where he attacked and destroyed a strategically located hostile pillbox. With his weapon subsequently destroyed by enemy fire, he seized a rifle and continued his one-man assault. Reaching the crest of a ridge, he opened fire on six Japanese and killed four before his rifle jammed. Attacked by the two remaining Japanese, he beat them off with the butt of his rifle and then climbed back to cover. Returning with another weapon and supply of grenades, he fearlessly advanced and destroyed a strong mortar position and annihilated eight more of the enemy. The Medal of Honor series is a production of Veterans Radio. Military veterans touch everyone's life. I'm guessing right now you're thinking of a veteran, a close friend, relative. Maybe it's you. Even the toughest of us sometimes need help but don't know where to turn for support. You don't need special training to help a veteran in your life. We can all help someone going through a difficult time. Learn how you can be there for veterans. Visit VeteransCrisisLine.net. VeteransCrisisLine.net. A message from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Hey, we're back here on Veterans Radio. We're at the USA Hockey Arena in Plymouth, Michigan for Military Appreciation Weekend. I mean, it's been great. It's been very exciting there. It's everybody, all kinds of different veterans here. I even think I talked to a Coast Guard guy today, which is cool because my dad was in the Coast Guard. So I finally got to talk to somebody in the Coast Guard. And I wanted, as I said, I want to welcome you back to the program. Joining me right now on the air is a good friend of Veterans Radio. It's Melissa Engel. And Melissa is a uh, therapist who has helped many, many veterans. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Dale. It's good to be back. It's good to see you around. It's good to see everybody around. That's what's so exciting about being out here today. Um, And I I grabbed Melissa, or actually Kate grabbed Melissa to bring her in to to talk about uh, one of your programs, which is called Accelerated Resolution. Resolution therapy, better known as ART. Yes. Thanks, Dale. Thanks for having me. Yeah. ART is a brain-based therapy that was created back in 2013. And it was basically a therapy that took the best out of five or six different other therapies that are already in existence, that have already been evidence-based and researched. And it said, what if we put all these things together and let's see what happens? And so um, a little bit of creativity and passion. And what we found is that we could cure PTSD in as little as three to five sessions. So, you know, we hope as researchers, myself included, to see, you know, a a reduction in symptoms when we're working with individuals. What we don't really expect to see is a complete remission of the problem. And that's really what ART offers. And when I heard about it, I thought this sounds way too good to be true. You know, what's the catch? Very skeptical person. But I went ahead and did it myself. Uh, first, I just made myself a guinea pig and mm-hmm. said, let me see if it works for me. Because if it can work for me, then it can work for anybody because Lord knows I'm crazy. So <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> so I tried it out and I was blown away, literally yeah. blown away. Uh, and I just learned everything that I could. So I got all the certifications, all the training, worked with people across the country, learning how to do it. And I've been doing it in Oakland County now for three years. And uh, 
It has been my honor and my absolute privilege to work with our military families and our veteran community to provide this service. So I'm here to let your audience know that anybody who contacts me and lets me know that they heard me on Veterans Radio, they can come in and they can get a free session of ART. I don't care what kind of insurance they have, what financial situation they're in. If they can get it to Oakland County, then I will provide that service to them and give them a chance to see if it works. They will know in the first session whether or not it's helping them. And I've worked with veterans going all the way back to the Vietnam era. So um, sometimes we work with the symptoms that are coming up in daily life, the PTSD symptoms, the nightmares, the flashbacks. Other times we're just working on getting rid of those painful memories, not by erasing them, but by just unburdening the pain and the trauma that we have associated with those memories. Mm -hmm. So now we can think about those things without becoming emotionally distraught or emotionally overwhelmed. That's how ART works. So what people can expect is you come into the office and I sit pretty close to you and I wave my hand back and forth. The bilateral eye movement is uh, the, the, the basis of all of the work that we do. And the reason why we do that is because it makes your brain act just like it does when it's sleeping. It's creative. It's in a different, more relaxed state. And things can be possible and things can seem sort of emotionally more detached when we're dreaming. Mm-hmm. And so we use that state of mind and the eye movements to keep the individual calm. And then what they do is they remember or they see the problem as it exists for them. So we don't have to talk. I don't have to know what it is they're working on. You know, many times when I'm dealing with um, combat veterans, there can be a lot of moral injury, a lot of shame around the things that they witnessed or that they um, took part in. And it can be very hard to bear that testimony to a stranger. Um, and so you don't have to with ART. They just have to know what the problem is and be willing to get rid of it and let go of the pain associated with it. And if that's the case and they can move their eyes back and forth, then they're ready for ART. Well, I think I, I, you know, I've heard you talk about this before, and I think it's, it's terrific just to get these men and women off of any drugs that, you know, yeah. that they've yeah. you know, uh, given people for, you know, years. Well, the drugs don't work, you Not know, too effectively when you stop taking them, especially. Well, when I started in the 90s, we had Prozac and then Thorazine. That was about it. And we've got a lot more than that on the market nowadays. But our depression and our anxiety rates are tenfold what they used to be. Mm-hmm. So even though we've got all these medications and all this fancy modern medical science, they haven't made a lot of progress in the mental health field in a very long time. And that's because they're against new ideas. They're against things that are experimental or, or just unproven. And, you know, it's great to be skeptical of that. But there's now almost a decade of research uh, on ART and it's a proven effectiveness. And I'm really excited because next year there's a study coming out comparing CPT with ART that the VA has done out in Ohio with the University of Cincinnati. And that is showing how ART competes against the VA's number one PTSD treatment program. And I mean, I don't have access to the research, but I hear the whisperings and it looks like we're going to be real real happy when that ART article comes out and the research shows that it's really a safe and effective and really risk-free intervention. Yeah, that's terrific. So, Melissa, we've been talking here with Melissa Engel and uh, tell us about your how people get a hold of you and your company is Therapia. Yeah, Therapia. So 
Uh, I'm located in Oakland County. They can search my name on Google, Melissa Engel, E-N-G-O-L-E. Find me that way. You can go to my website. It's a mouthful. It's uh, www.therapiacounseling.com. But really the easiest thing to do is just write down my phone number. Give me a call. Uh, I'll give you my cell phone number right now. It's 586-222-3391. Call me. We'll set up a consultation. We can meet online or in the office. We'll talk about ART and how I think it can help them. And then they can come in and get whatever services at whatever level they can afford. And if they can't afford anything, I'm I'm happy to do it for free. You mentioned Coast Guard. My uh, my father was in the Coast Guard and um, my stepdad's a Marine. So any kind of services I can give to our military and veteran families, I'm willing to do it just because it's the right thing to be, do, be okay. doing. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you. It's good to see you, you too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. All right. Well, that was uh, Melissa Engel and she is with Therapia and she's practice specializes in accelerated resolution therapy, ART. And, you know, anything that can get, they're throwing pucks on the rink right now. It looks like there's some sort of chuck-a-puck. Oh, okay. So is this where they uh, win stuff? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> A vehicle? Oh, right. We could use the Eric. Oh, I see. They. I'm. Uh, it's kind of hard here on radio, but they just looks like they drove a car out onto the uh, ice. It's a little little SUV. I can't tell what kind of car it is. But anyhow, so we're having a great time here at uh, U.S. Hockey Arena here in in Plymouth, Michigan, and I'm, I'm waiting. Where did he go? Oh, they're doing Kentucky Buck. All right, so I got to. <laughs> they might want to win a car. Um, well, let me tell you who some other people might be that, that hopefully will come in here in a moment. One is going to be the, uh, where did it go? Michigan Heroes Museum up in Frankmuth. If you've ever been up there, it's a great um, museum. It's kind of got a specialty in there, the Medal of Honor. They have uh, great displays, uniforms and equipment and all kinds of things. It says they have the nation's largest public display. And they have a cross gallery, World War I, polar bears, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, Gulf War, War on Terror, and uh, Michigan astronauts and space pioneers. So I'm looking forward to them joining us here in just a moment. Here he comes. I don't know if he won or not. And uh, so my guest right now is Chris uh, called flesh. I think it's, I hope I didn't mess that up too much. And as soon as he puts on his helmet here, look, there we go. So Chris, right. It's called flesh. Yes. Called flesh. Okay. So Chris is in the Michigan national guard and he's a heaven, heavy machine operator. What does that mean? A heavy machine operator operates bulldozers, uh, excavators, dump trucks, um, just a bunch of heavy machinery. Uh, we're like, um, we, we're the earth movers of the military. Okay. All right. Yeah. And so how did, how did you get involved with the National Guard? So I was working at a sawmill three years ago, and I was out working a bunch of 18, 19, 20-year-olds. And uh, one day we had a couple guys that were uh, dishonorably discharged from the military, but they're always bragging about their military stuff. And um, one day, one of the guys is like, that's pretty cool. Like, 
you know, I wish I could have joined the military. I'm like, what do you mean you wish you could have joined? You're in your early 20s. You still can. And um, he's like, oh, no, and just came up with some excuses. And uh, he's like, well, what about you? You never went. And I'm like, but I would. And he's like, but you're not. Just so prove it, right? Yeah. So then that was on Monday, Tuesday before work. I went and talked to a recruiter. And then Thursday went down the maps and I was signed it. I was signed up. Oh, that sounds kind of like I got in the army. <laughs> in the army. <laughs> what? I'm going to be drafted. I got to figure out a way to solve this problem immediately. <laughs> but so that's great. So how long have you been in the guard? I've been in the guard uh, three years now. Um, I was just promoted last month as a sergeant and I'm transferring up north uh, to the Rockford area in the UP. Okay. I think I, that's great. So you're what? Are you an uh, E6 now? I'm an E4. I'm an E4 now, which was a specialist. Right. Now I'm an E, E5 E sergeant. Okay. E5. All right. These things have changed probably a little bit over the years. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can remember that. Um, so do you plan on making a career out of the guard? Well, originally I did make, uh, I did have a plan of doing my 20 years in the guard, but with all the COVID stuff going on right now, and I'm, not vaccinated because of my religious beliefs. So I have until June 30th to make a decision. And if not, they're going to uh, discharge me. Okay. So they say. Well, I wish you good luck with that one. That's <laughs> well, thanks. For, that's, that's for sure. But you, you mentioned that you were going to go up north. Whereabouts in the, in the UP is this? Um, so it's on the border of Wisconsin. Okay. So that's over by Iron Mountain? Yes. It's right. about, it's about uh, I want to say, an hour and a half southeast of Iron Mountain. Okay. Yeah, because we were just talking about um, Iron Mountain VA up there and that they're hoping at some point to, to apply for a Fisher House like they have here in Ann Arbor, which is kind of cool. So I, I think that's great that the opportunity is there, and I hope that you, uh, you know, you'll be able to figure out the paperwork or whatever it takes to, you know, to remain in the guard yes. because we need people to be able to do that. Especially today, I think it's, uh, you know, it's getting to be a little bit of a scary situation around the world. Oh, yeah, definitely. And you never know what's going to happen. Definitely. So um, I want to thank you very much for dropping by and uh, visiting with us here on Veterans Radio and uh, for coming out and supporting this event. I think it's, a, as I you know, mentioned many times, it's a great event. Well, it's been a pleasure being here. Thank you very much. I hope you did. You win on Chuckapuck. I absolutely did not. Oh. <laughs> Didn't quite land on the seal out there, right? No. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Chris. We've been talking to Chris Kalbfesh here. He's in the Michigan National Guard, heavy machine operator, which is great. You get to come out to these types of events and you meet everybody that's in all different kinds of whatever service that they're in, but their MOSs are out there. And there are so many MOSs that I'm not even familiar with that uh, I think is great. So thank you very much, Chris, for your time. You're welcome. All right. You have a good day. Thank you. Okay, folks, we're here on Veterans Radio, and uh, we're just going to be kind of filling in a little time while we're waiting to see who comes in there. Oh, next. There he is. Come on over. I'm going to ask you to put on the headset there. Okay, and we turn up your microphone here. All right, so my you guest bet. right now is John Ryder, and John is the executive director of the Michigan Heroes Museum, which is what I was talking about a little bit earlier. So, John, welcome to the program. Wonderful. Well, thank you. 
I think this is great. I've, I was up there years ago and I know that it's been refurbished and remodeled and everything is really cool now, right? Exactly. Yeah. So every three months or so we rotate um, the stories that we tell at the museum. We always have out um, three areas. So we always have out our astronauts. We always have out our cross recipients and our cross gallery. And we always have out all of our state's Medal of Honor recipients. But the rest of the stories we have in our museum, we rotate through because we have over 900 stories that we tell now on a rotating basis. And um, we just want to make sure that all those stories get told. And in fact, if somebody comes in to the museum or gives us a call and says, hey, can you get our grandma's story out or Uncle Joe's story out? We'll definitely do that. So when they come in, they can honor, respect, and remember their own personal hero. Is this um, is this part of the Veterans History Project, or is this something that's on your on your own up there? Yeah, it's something on our own. Uh, Forty five years ago, uh, Stan Bozich, a, a fireman from Detroit and, and Korean War vet, said, "You know what? This is something I want to do," and and he put it together. And uh, we've been operating for forty five years now. Just absolutely amazing. What I, I was looking at the thing, and I know you've got a Medal of Honor public display. It's, are these all Michigan people, or are they best Medal of Honor recipients from all over? So at some point in life, they lived here in Michigan. So, okay. um, the, and you know, the most two recent Medal of Honor recipients from the state of Michigan, uh, Charles Kettles and, and James McLuhan are, are just among our, um, our collection. But uh, Charles was the last one to receive it from uh, President Obama, and James McLuhan was the first one to receive it from President Trump. So. Right. Yeah. And we had the privilege and honor of having both of them on the program, as I was mentioning earlier with Charles S. Lieutenant Colonel Charles S. Kettle's VA hospital here in Ann Arbor yeah. is named in his honor. And uh, we had Colonel Kettle's was on the program quite a bit because he was a helicopter pilot like me. And uh, although he did a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, his he story kind of, is kind of a big day. Right. <laughs> right exactly. You know, so um, the, for Charles, the, the, what happened the day before was absolutely just as fascinating as what he received the medal for. Um, and I don't think a lot of people know that story about him. He uh, was going in and ferrying guys out, you know, in and out for the 101st. And these guys were in a bomb crater and they called in a, a strike on themselves and the B-52s were coming. And oh, the... Uh, he found out about it, and he he's going to go get these guys. And um, his commanding officer says, "No, get back here." And he kept w- on going. He wouldn't. He kept on going. So his commanding officer gets in the chopper, does the same thing. They ended up routing, rerouting those B fifty twos. But you know, he just did what he did because he loved those guys, and he's going to go take care of them oh, at all costs. That's that seemed like a it, it was a. a, a uh, symptom that we all had that you know that we're we're, we're helicopter pilots and you know, was a, those guys were on the ground and we could get to them we were going to get them out of there no matter what exactly and we had many times we had senior officers say no you can't get out there and did anybody hear that order i don't think i heard that order did you hear it i know i didn't hear that but i can tell that the audience that we're talking to also about i was never on the ground for a b-52 strike but i observed one one time when we were on getting pretty close to going on to final and the whole world exploded in front of us. And uh, I still can't hear, 
uh, <laughs> as a result of not only that. But yes, uh, it was it was a, such a privilege talking to um, Chuck Kettles. And I, I think our audience has probably heard, if you want to hear the stories of, of Chuck Kettles, you can not only go to the Michigan Heroes Museum, but uh, we've also got a couple of interviews with him on Veterans Radio in our archives. Awesome. And you go in there. And also James McLuhan is also in there because we had the two of them on the program at one point, That's which awesome. was really exciting. And, and James is the same thing. Um, you know, Medal of Honor just really are, are ordinary people that do extraordinary things. And uh, they never think twice. Exactly. I don't understand it. You know, yeah. say, I could get hurt doing this. No, you don't think about that. No, you know what? <clears throat> like I tell people, uh, these guys sign up, um, the guys and girls, anybody that signs up in the military, they do it for um, sometimes individual goals, but, but a lot of it are, are lofty things like uh, for country, for, you know, <clears throat> my community and things. But when stuff hits a fan, you're there for your brothers and sisters in arms. Mm -hmm. And that's it. You can boil down just about every story to that. I, yeah, I think it is. And, when, and this is something that we say on the program all the time is, you know, we had your back then, we've got your back now. And with all the organizations that we've talked to today, you can see that they're here to help Michigan, in this case, Michigan's veterans. But every single state out there that we're heard um, that Veterans Radio is on has the same type of support, it sounds like. And I think that that's just a wonderful system that we've decided that we're never going to leave another veteran alone you know, if they need help, we're going to be there. I agree. You know what? Um, hey, you, as far as veterans go, there's nobody better to have your back than a veteran. You know, they understand it. They've been there. They've done it. And um, you know what? They, if a veteran says they're going to do something, by God, they're going to do it. So That's true. And that's what we're always <laughs> telling all those potential employers that are out there. You want somebody that's dependable is going to show up and all these other things. And that's what you want to do. You want to talk to a veteran, talk about organizational skills, talk about timeliness, showing up for work, all these other obligations that are out there. I wanted to talk a little bit more about some of the stories that go on out there at um, the Michigan Heroes Museum. You mentioned that there, you've got all these things. So th tell me about the cross gallery. What is that? Is so that Silver Star or what? Or so, so that's the... Distinguished Service Cross for the Army, okay. the Navy Cross for the Sailors and Marines, and, and then the Air Force Cross. Um, you know, it's the second highest decoration. It's the highest decoration given out by the individual departments of defense, correct? Okay. And so it's, uh, it's, but it's the second highest decoration for valor and bravery, um, second to the Medal of Honor. And uh, those stories are absolutely phenomenal. For instance, um, Flint, Michigan is home to the most highly decorated enlisted airman ever, Dwayne Hackney. Dwayne uh, in Vietnam, he was a conscientious objector, but he wanted to serve. And um, he ended up making a, uh, a decision that he's going to go in and serve. He's going to go through his uh, uh, basic and um, in the Air Force, he goes through his, his flight and he becomes the, the number one student in his flight. So now he can pick what job he wants to do. And he chose uh, a pararescue specialist. <laughs> and uh, then he went through the pararescue training, which included um, the um, dive team, you know, the dive training, mm -hmm. the uh, mountain survival training, the uh, jungle survival training. He gets through those and he says, then I go through the um, 
the pyramid courses. He says that was the most brutal because now not only did you have to, uh, you know, be able to swim and give or be able to give CPR, but you had to be able to swim and give CPR at the same time or be dangling from the gymnasium and give CPR at the same time. Um, So he passes those classes and he's number one in that class also. They ask him, where in the world do you want to go? They said, you know, you can go anywhere. You can be an instructor, whatever you want. He selected Vietnam not once but twice, two tours in Vietnam. And he uh, he ended up uh, on over 200 missions on a Jolly Green Giant helicopter going in to retrieve down airmen. He ends up uh, uh, retrieving over 40 American aviators and bringing them home alive. And uh, he's left behind. Remember, I said he was conscious of an objector. The first few times, he ends up getting left behind 11 times. But the first few times, he's not even armed. And he says, you know, when he gets back after the first few, he says, you know what, maybe you guys can issue me as night arm, right? But he promised he only shot it in the air to keep heads down, give Mm -hmm. him another couple moments to get away. Uh, If that's not a hero, uh, I don't I don't know. I, right? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted here uh, for people that, that, that do that kind of thing. And especially when they get left behind. I mean, that's why uh, Charles, that's how Kettle got his medal of honor was going back and getting people that were left behind. You bet. And in my own company, we had a, uh, they got a distinguished service cross for going out and getting a guy who had been left behind. And one of our helicopters crashed and they thought that he was already dead and he was underneath the aircraft. And, uh, the commander, uh, company commander said, you know, is everybody okay? And, oh, well, we had to leave so-and-so out there. But he said, you never leave anybody out there. And so right. The, the major gets into the helicopter and flies out and gets this guy in the middle of the night, the night before Tet. Oh, Lord. 1968. And, um, got Wendell Skinner, his name was, got him out from under the helicopter because he said we landed and we could hear this screaming. And it was Wendell and his leg had been mangled under the aircraft. I just think this is great. As, have you got any, um, while I'm sitting here with a couple of uh, women veterans in the room, um, any women's stories that sure. you could share with us? Absolutely. So I got to check my time here. Okay. We're fine. Okay. So, um, we've got, uh, um, just an absolute story. Eleanor Garen, um, she's, uh, in, um, the Philippines during World War II and she is, uh, um, Oh, good grief. They're on the island of Bataan that has the, you know, Manila, mm-hmm. Manila Bay, the Bataan Peninsula and everything. And uh, when the Japanese come and overwhelm the forces there, they end up taking these these women and most of their patients and they take them um, to the island of Corregidor, which is about three miles into the bay from um, the Bataan Peninsula. And it was just a rocky fortress that and um, they knew they would be able to hold that longer. And 27 days after Bataan fell, they ended up, um, Corregidor also fell. And when the Japanese came ashore, they found out these women were there. And there were 78 nurses, 77 LPNs, RNs, and one nurse anesthetist. And uh, these these 78 nurses are um, uh down in in the the fortress, you know the caves down underneath, uh, and um, when the Japanese ordered them the next morning, come up to the docks, and we're going to send you home through a neutral third country. 
Um, and the nurses absolutely refused. They said, what are you going to do with our patients? You don't see any medical staff here or anything. Nope, we're not going anywhere. So they stayed. They um, took care of their patients until they, their patients could walk and everything. Then the Japanese took those, sent those gentlemen on the, the Bataan Death March. And mm-hmm. I'm going to guess they probably didn't fare very well. But then they take these women. And instead of sending them home at that point, they send them to a, uh, an internment camp, a Filipino women's internment camp. And these women in this internment camp, instead of setting up their tents for themselves and just keeping to their own or whatever, they set up their, their tents as an infirmary for the mm-hmm. 4,000 Filipino women that are there. Um, and uh, then uh, not only do they set that up like that, um, the Japanese end up going through the Red Cross um, packages that get sent to these women mm-hmm. um, and they take the things like socks and underwear and they take um, just all kinds of things. So she ends up taking the packaging string from these packages where they, you know, tied together the, mm-hmm. the packages and she takes some chopsticks and she whittles those down, makes knitting, knitting needles and she makes stockings for herself and others uh, that are there and, you know, just necessities. Um, these women were absolutely the bravest of the brave, and and they need to be okay. remembered too. Well, I I just want to make sure that people are aware of of this or this museum, the Michigan Heroes Museum. It's in Franklin Booth, Michigan. And what's the what's the schedule of when it's open? Because we everybody's getting out now, right? Everybody's getting out, so we're all going to become really excited to go out and visit some of these places. You bet. So we're open ten to five every day of the week. So doesn't matter when uh what works in your schedule we'll be there we'll be open and and ready to receive you and teach you some really amazing stories of michigan heroes i think i think that's terrific and i i, I just want to thank you so much for uh, being on the program right now we've been talking with john Ryder, executive director of the michigan heroes museum thank you very much john for being on the program and uh, we're going to have you on again sounds I great promise, right thank, thank you very you. much have a wonderful day okay you too we'll see you again all right, folks, I think we're coming pretty close. We've got a couple of minutes to go before the end of the program. And, uh, John, while you're here, we've got some little giveaways if you'd like something over there. Thank you very much. Um, all right, so the game looks like it's running down. It's 6-1. to one. We're winning. Yay. <laughs> I want to appreciate everybody uh, listening to our Veterans Radio today and uh, coming out and Supporting the uh, VCAT 9 and supporting the Michigan appreciation, the Michigan Veterans Appreciation Weekend out here. It's really been fun and I'm looking forward to coming back next year. And I also want to make sure that we thank all of our, thank our sponsors one more time before I forget and make sure that those people get their time period. That would be legal help for veterans. Um, that's, uh, 800-693-4800. If you have a VA claim that's been denied, or that you're having issues with, give them a call. We might be able to help you with that appeal because we know what the process is all about. Uh, NVBD, NVBDC, uh, the National Veteran Business Development Council, their number again is 888-237-8434. And uh, the Lieutenant Colonel Charles S. Kettles, Ann Arbor Healthcare System. For more information about that, you can go to va.gov slash Ann Arbor. 
and of course, American Legion Post 46. Uh, I did want to remind you, if you want to support Veterans Radio, or if you have some stories that you would like us to talk about on Veterans Radio, please send me an email. That's dale at veteransradio.net, or you can give me a direct call at 734-646-8673. We are also in the process of trying to expand our network out there. So if you are listening to our program somewhere online, let us know if there's a commercial radio station that you think would be interested in carrying our program. We uh, are really excited about that. We're hoping to move to the uh, Norfolk, Virginia area pretty soon, and possibly we are exploring down in Bradenton. I think it's Bradenton, Florida. And the guy also came out and asked me if we were interested in Salt Lake City. I said, I don't know. I've never been to Salt Lake City. So I'll have to find out what's going on with that. <laughs> right? So, again, we encourage you to, to do that. Any, any information that you can give us uh, would, be, uh, would be more than grateful to receive that. And, of course, uh, Veterans Radio is a production of Veterans Radio America, which is, is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation. So you could make donations to help us keep this program going for you. Uh, the other thing is, is that I'm uh, getting waved at by my social media person is you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and you can get some great veterans stuff. So we're done. <laughs> <laughs>